Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Scary stuff last night at Beach Grove High School. Hammer, your old stomping grounds. Your son goes to Beach Grove. Let's get right into it and do some legal stuff. Crime. Punishment. Judges. Legal stuff. There was a, a basketball game going on last night, right? It was a sectional girls basketball game. Um, Beach Grove was not playing, but they were the host of the sectional. So it was two other teams yeah. playing there. And I believe there may have been some other activities taking place at the school. And from what I've been told, around 9 o'clock, that's when the call started coming in that 10 to 15 shots were fired in the parking lot Unbelievable. of the high school. If I, if I would have been a parent and my kid was at that function or at that school and I knew it, I would, I would have been a mess. I mean, your kid goes to that school and I'd still, you're staying home tomorrow, son. Well, here's the thing. And this is kind of what we were dealing with last night. So the news started coming out and, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have some contacts. So I'm calling people, I'm texting people, I'm trying to find out what's going on. Not everybody has that access. And the school didn't send anything out to the parents until this morning after the kids were already back at school. Yeah. So, look, I defend Beach Grove a lot. They take a lot of unnecessary crap from people. They get lumped into the Walmart fights and all this kind of silly stuff. But come on. I know there are people on that staff that their job is to send alerts out, send emails out, text message. Hey, this is what's going on. And the situation was really pretty tame. Uh, Nobody was injured. 10 to 15 shots, though, in the parking lot. Right. 17-year-old female that prosecutors absolutely need to throw the book at. But they won't because it's Marion County. And if you speak to any member of law enforcement, whether it's Beach Grove Police Department, whether it's Lawrence, you know, doesn't matter where you're at. The underage folks get a slap on the wrist and they're back out the next day. Hell, some violent repeat offenders get a slap on the wrist and get put out the very next day. This is the Ryan Mears, Joe Hogsett justice system. So a lot of parents were upset that no sort of communication went out to them until this morning, until after the kids were already at the school. But according to the uh, public police report, 17-year-old female was arrested on preliminary charges of criminal recklessness with a deadly weapon and firearm possession on school property. Both of those are felonies. Uh, Officers did recover a semi-automatic pistol and 12 spent shell casings, according to the report. Uh, This person needs to be charged as, as an adult. I don't know what the rules for that are, but sometimes, depending on what the crime is, you can be charged as an adult. I think this is one of those circumstances. You do not go into a school parking lot and start firing off rounds, man. Right. I mean, that's where your son goes to school, dude. And the superintendent, uh, Dr. Laura Hammock, she sent out some information, again, this morning. Um, 
but stated that this 17-year-old individual has no ties to the high school, was not from Beach Grove, did not go to the school at Beach Grove, um, and all participants that were taking place in activities at the high school were safe while all of this was going on. There was lockdown procedures, and the police department... Beach Grove does have its own police department. They work a lot with IMPD. Um, They were quick on the scene. And the reason that this 17-year-old was actually apprehended was the cooperation of people in the community. They had either witnessed it. Okay, good. Because it sounds like the parents of this 17-year-old were not in a big rush to cooperate with law enforcement. Yeah, they wouldn't let law enforcement question this person. Right. This this 17-year-old female. So all in all, everybody was safe, which is the most important thing. I just wish some information, some communication would have gotten out a lot faster because not everybody has the ability to text a friend or a family member that works in law enforcement. And coming up here in just a little bit, (laughs) just kind of a weird spinoff of that story last night. So I posted about it on my personal Facebook page Yeah, um, because I figure I have more people that are from Beach Grove that follow me on my personal page than Hammer and Nigel page. And, you know, I got the information up there. Hey, I don't know what's going on, but these are the reports. Be safe, everybody. And most people are leaving comments like, I was there, a person in custody, everybody's safe. One person started ripping me for an interview another WIBC staff member did with Ryan Mears for some reason. Yeah, you were arguing with that guy I saw. Yeah. Going back and forth. And one thing led to another. And again, this is on a post about a school shooting. He ends up calling me a wussy or something that rhymes with it. The P. Because he didn't like Abdul's interview with Ryan Mears. What does that have to do with anything? Well, that's a great question, Nige. So Johnny Tough Guy started, you know, running his mouth on my social media feed. And then he says, I bet you won't have me on the show. Well, coming up here in a little while, we're going to get Johnny oh, Tough Guy on oh, the show. Oh, wow. And we're going to have it out. Okay. Every once in a while, I just reach my breaking point. And that was one of those moments last night. Trying to hijack a page where we're getting information out about a school shooting, about something I didn't even do. So we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Um, Crazy story from Washington, D.C. Like, we've been talking about the insane amount of carjackings that have been taking place there for a while, but I don't know if it's getting the national attention it deserves. Because a lot of big cities are having homicides, shootings, stabbings. But for whatever reason, Washington, D.C. is a hotbed for violent carjackings. Former Donald Trump... Uh, administration official Mike Gill in critical condition after he was shot in the D.C. area at 5.45 p.m. by a carjacker. I mean, just imagine. I mean, I, you know, I ride downtown every day, same route every day, and he, this guy's probably doing the same thing. And just out of nowhere, you're bleeding from the head and about ready to die. Critical condition. And again, right in the middle of the afternoon. This wasn't 2.30 in the morning. This wasn't 6 a.m. 5.45 p.m. in the nation's capital. And after uh, Gill was shot, the suspect then stole another vehicle and then ditched that for another one. And then when the police started to zero in on him, he started firing shots at the police before the carjacker was ultimately shot and killed. Oh, good. He's dead. So we do have a dead bad guy. And I've said before, (laughs) I like it when bad guys die. Uh, But this is such a mess 
in D.C. right now. Nation's capital. In 2023, there were 961 carjackings. That's 15.7 carjackings per square mile. 77% of those involved a weapon. And 65% of the carjackers were under the age of 18. Guess what the prosecution rate is? Hmm. Only 57%. Wow, unbelievable. And again, with the juveniles. I'm reading this report here that... um, uh, this report out of D.C. that says most suspects who commit homicides have been arrested 10 times beforehand, and there's been an extraordinary increase in the number of juveniles involved in homicides and shootings. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, the, the mayor, Mayor Bowser, said, well, we need to start prosecuting more juveniles in the district, which is the that's the attorney general's job in D.C. So there's a lot of finger pointing going on right now as to who's at fault for all these juveniles and in, in not you know following through on prosecuting them. It's funny how when you yeah. elect officials who are all about being soft on crime and we've got to figure out the root causes, everybody's got good in them inside. It's okay that he's got a rap sheet longer than a CVS receipt. Get him right back out on the streets. Look what happens here. Former Colts head coach Jim Mora, your thoughts? I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. It sucked. It stunk. That's what I think, Jim. <laughs> That's 100% what I think. Sipping on straight glory. Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. It's Jason Hammer over there. Who are you? Did I see you feuding online with somebody last night? <laughs> were you getting into arguments on social media again? So I posted about the school shooting at Beach Grove last night because I was getting a lot of texts and notifications. So yeah. I thought, you know what? I'm going to use my platform to yeah. put the information out there. And there was a guy who, out of left field, started asking me about the interview that Abdul did with Ryan Me. The prosecutor. Okay. So I posted about a school shooting, <laughs> and like most of the comments are like, I was there, everybody's safe, police are on the scene. And then there was one guy that said, you know, something about Abdul's interview with Ryan Mears, the prosecutor, and basically was mad at me uh, for Uh-oh. what Abdul said. To which I very politely said, I have nothing to do with what any other host does here. I'm only in charge of the content with the Hammer and Nigel show. I don't show. even know what he's really talking about about what interview so abdul and indy politics did an interview with ryan mears okay 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 i got it I some got people it. viewed it as a softball interview like our newsroom covered just, it you know i think that our newsroom has to be objective they can't be they can't be involved in opinions like we are you know right. what i mean so this you know kind of back and forth goes on and on i'm trying to explain <laughs> this guy one this is a post about a school shooting this isn't the place to have this argument but number two I'm not the boss here. I can't tell what other, I can't tell hosts, you know, what they can and can't talk yes, about. I got it. Well, one thing leads to another, and he starts calling me a wussy or something that rhymes <laughs> with it, ripping me, okay. saying we're trying to hide the article and that I am a Ryan Mears sympathizer. Oh boy. Now, Nige. Am I a Ryan Mears sympathizer? You're not a Ryan Mears sympathizer. This show is not are not Ryan Mears sympathizers. Fighting words for me are if you call me a Chicago White Sox fan <laughs> or a Ryan Mears sympathizer. So the guy, he goes by Robert Wood on social media tries to be Johnny Tough Guy. Uh-oh. And he's like, hey, send me a message. I'll come on and I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. Well, guess what? We got Tough Guy here on the line. Robert, Robert Wood, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Robert, do I have the story correct? 
somewhat. I definitely had a burr under my saddle with this Abdul story that was that was uh, replayed on on your website. It was definitely a burr, and I, I probably shouldn't have blamed you for it, but I kind of hold the whole station responsible as I do a lot of other news agencies. But you and understand, as as, I have no yeah. say of what other hosts do. Like if Tony Katz or Rob or Casey or Abdul yeah. say something, yeah, that's not my fault. Of course, but I did get you to pipe up, and I think that I got you to criticize it a little bit, so that was a plus, you know, for everyone. So, do but you think first, I don't criticize Ryan Mears enough, Robert? No, I think I think you do, but I, it was a it was a real letdown when I saw I, WIBC uh, post that interview, and Abdul just let this guy walk with all, with what he's done to the city. He has destroyed this city, and and, and we say that help. every day on the show. He needs to be held to account. Every every murder that goes on in the city should be followed up with a story about the guy, why he should have already been in prison 60, 65% of the time. They should have already been locked up. Had they been locked up for the for a weapons charge, you know, a violent felon with a, with a gun, they wouldn't have been committing the murders. 60% of the murders in this city are committed by these people. And, Robert, and I think you and I agree on a lot of things here. I think you and I are on the same side. But what I don't understand is if I... I come out and say these things, which I do all the time. We have the FOP president on to back us up. We've got families of victims that come on and back us up. I don't get where I get called a wussy. Well, I might have been. I might have been a little bit. Over, overbearing on that. Probably shouldn't have called you that, but I, I hold the whole station responsible for it. Just like I do with Angela Ganot. When she when she posts a story about a murder, I beg her to go back and post the, the murderer's history, his criminal history, and they, and they will not do it. So, Robert, you know? what do you do for a living, Robert? Well, I own a small business in Indianapolis uh, <clears throat> here on the southwest side, and I'm not even an Indianapolis resident. I live in Johnson County. Okay. So let's say that one of your employees at your small business goes out mm-hmm. and says something really stupid. I don't mm-hmm. think that's your fault. I'm not going to blame you for that. No, so why would you be ripping me or somebody that has nothing to do with the story? If one of my employees who represents me says something while he's at work and that's representing my company, he absolutely represents me. And if it was something vulgar or or something like that, he'd be fired for it. I hold everyone here accountable while they're at work. If they represent me and they're talking, they're representing the station. Robert, you, know, you understand our newsroom is separate from our opinion makers, right? Like our newsroom yeah, no, are, right, has, I, has to be objective. I, like they can't I have totally an opinion. This is not an opinion. Uh, Ryan Mears being soft on crime is absolutely not an opinion. Look at Aaron Allen. No, I understand. This is not an opinion. I mean, this is absolutely objectable evidence that this guy is a dirtbag. But I I think your your beef, if if you have a beef with the way the interview was conducted, then then contact Abdul. Right. It was just a nice nice conversation. I mean, I I mean, I just you know, I'm just. Well, you had a beef last last night night for sure. (laughs) Maybe a few beers. (laughs) It sounds like. Now that could have been that could have happened. I don't know. I can't say. But anyway, I did. I have a beef beef with WIBC for posting that softball interview, and I and I hold everyone at WIBC accountable for that. Everybody. And okay. maybe I shouldn't. Maybe that's wrong. So the videographer in the back, that's his fault. The promotions no, team, that's their no, the fault. Guy, it's the, my the fault too, for having a show where I rip Ryan Mears on and call him every name under the sun and almost get a cease and desist from. That's all my well, fault? If I, if I would have heard from you guys in a, on the opinion side, that, hey, Abdul gave this guy a softball interview, and you know that was bullcrap. He shouldn't have done that. 
then I would have probably not felt that way. But we I say it all the time. I think it's kind of implied. No, like, about, I don't think you listen to our program and you were quick to judge because nobody I'm rips talking, that ball-headed goon more than I do. But tell me, who, who said that Abdul gave him a softball interview on WIBC? No one. No one on WIBC. I haven't even heard the interview. Well, that, I don't, that says something about you guys if you don't see what your own content that WIBC is putting out. I saw the you interview. I disagreed with it. But instead of ripping a colleague, I'll give my opinions on my show, which are the total opposite. I think anybody I listening that. knows that. I respect that. I can respect that. But at the same time, softball interviews with a guy who's destroying the city and has blood on his hands have nowhere in conservative media. They have no place. But I don't think Abdul is a conservative, though, and that's the thing. Like, And it was coming from our newsroom as well, and they can't have an opinion one okay. way or the other. Well, I, I agree with that. You're right. You know, I have to concede that. I, I still don't like it. And I'm still, I'm still going to have my opinion about, you know, WIBC posts and softball interviews with a guy who's responsible for people being murdered in the city of Indianapolis. And, and we're talking about adolescents and children, minorities and people of color who are dead and gone because of this guy. Okay, so to recap, this is still my fault that Abdul did an interview. No, no, it's not your fault. It was just we've come to at least this understanding. All right, yeah. Let's all have some beers and just say that Ryan Mears is a total zero. Can we do that, please? And he's a he's a dirtbag, and Indianapolis really needs to wake up. They had a great candidate in Cindy Carrasco. They could have put her in office. Absolutely, the trajectory of this city, and they absolutely failed the young people in this city, and they're still dying from it. It's a, it's sad. It's a really really sad situation. All right, well. Robert, I appreciate you taking the time and coming on with us. And uh, spirited chat, I appreciate it. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. I was just not in the mood last night to be called a Ryan Mir sympathizer <laughs> yeah. on a Facebook post about a school shooting. Yeah, that was that doesn't make much sense to me. You can call me a lot of things. You can call me fat. You can call me a borderline alcoholic. But you cannot call me a Ryan Mir sympathizer. And then, and then why, if he had a problem with Abdul's interview, why not contact Abdul? What's well, a brilliant idea, Nige? It's a brilliant idea. He didn't, he didn't seem to want to answer that, but and I think he was a little surprised when I called him on his bluff. Yeah, send me a message. I'll come on. Well, Skippy, there you go. Here I was. All right, a little back and forth with a troll. Sometimes we like to do that on this show. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. China's hackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real-world harm to American citizens and communities if and when China decides the time has come to strike. Okay, that's FBI Director Chris Ray earlier today talking about Chinese hackers preparing to, quote, did I hear the words wreak havoc? On American citizens in communities, Hammer? Yes. I mean, I, that's some scary stuff right there. If they're already in our infrastructure, if they're already in our power grids, should something go awry between these two countries, they're already here. Now, what I want to know is what's being done about it. Well, that's a good question. And it seems like anytime there's one of these big hearings or speeches or a rollout presentation, we get a lot of sound bites, we get a lot of fear or hot takes. But at the end of the day, nothing ever happens. So let's hear a little bit more from the FBI director, Chris Ray about how vulnerable the United States is with our power grids when it comes to Chinese hackers. China's multi-pronged assault on our national and economic security make it the defining threat of our generation. Now, when I described the CCP as a threat to American safety a moment ago, I meant that quite literally. 
There has been far too little public focus on the fact that PRC hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure, our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems, and the risk that poses to every American requires our attention now. And you said it's already happened. I mean, that, that, that uh, pipeline along the eastern seaboard right. uh, a couple of years ago that got shut down by hackers. The line in that statement that bothers me, though, is that we need to address it now. Well, I'm old enough to remember when the Chinese sent a spy balloon oh, no. across the country. And we all just looked at it. <laughs> People were going outside waving at it, including <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> So if you're yeah. going to allow the Chinese to just fly a spy balloon all over the country, yeah, you don't get to go up there and try to fear the bejesus out of us about what's going to happen when Chinese hackers finally get into the system. We've known for a long time that if this country ever has a power grid failure, we're screwed. I mean, here in Indiana, think about this. Just go back to, I think it was last year, yeah. when that you know, derecho came through and people didn't have power for three or four days. Like people were miserable. People were freaking out. That was just a small part of Indiana. Now imagine that on a regional level no, thanks. or a national level. And here's a little bit more from the FBI director saying, if you're thinking that the targets are just going to be the government or military, you got another thing coming. They're not focused just on political and military targets. We can see from where they position themselves across civilian infrastructure that low blows aren't just a possibility in the event of a conflict. Low blows against civilians are part of China's plan. Today, and literally every day, they're actively attacking our economic security, engaging in wholesale theft of our innovation and our personal and corporate data, nor is cyber the only PRC threat we face. PRC cyber threat is made vastly more dangerous by the way they knit cyber into a whole-of-government campaign against us. They recruit human sources to target our businesses, using insiders to steal the same kinds of innovation and data that their hackers are targeting. Well, you know what? Get on it, Ray. It's time to start. Put up or shut up. This is your job. Right. And it's the government's job. It's the FBI's job. Somebody on and Twitter I, makes a good point. You know, I'm at the point where I don't trust anything coming out of Ray's mouth. And I get that. And I understand yeah. that. But for argument's sake here, let's say that he does have intel. He thinks the Chinese are probably already planning something against uh, our security systems here, whether it be water or even civilian-based things. Go tell the president. Because you guys were the ones that, yeah. again, allowed a Chinese spy balloon to just basically fly across the country while people walked outside and took pictures and waved at it. I mean, it was actually hovering over military installations, nuclear military installations. Sure it was. 100%. Oh, they, didn't get any, they didn't get any information from that. And you know what? We're just going to let it cross the country until we... we yeah, Myrtle Beach. We'll let it get as far as Myrtle Beach, and then we'll shoot it down. Six months later, Ray's <laughs> sitting there. Damn, the Chinese have got everything. Whoa. They're about to hack into everything. And if you're wondering about the size of the operation that the Chinese have when it comes to hacking, listen to this. And let's be clear, cyber threats to our critical infrastructure 
represent real-world threats to our physical safety. To quantify what we're up against, the PRC has a bigger hacking program than that of every major nation combined. In fact, if you took every single one of the FBI's cyber agents and intelligence analysts and focused them exclusively on the China threat, China's hackers would still outnumber FBI cyber personnel by at least 50 to 1. Wow. It's a big operation. Big, big operation. Maybe next time shoot down their spy balloon. I'm just saying. Hacking in general, not just government to government, country to country, but I mean, there's been some giant corporations that have been hacked and had their servers shut down and uh, ransoms paid to get their stuff back. In Vegas, uh, MGM, the MGM Resorts, uh, they had a hacker go in. Oh, yeah. And I think MGM paid them off. Paid them off. And guess what happened a couple weeks later? Did it again. Same thing. Now that they've let... uh, you know, the hackers know they can be bought. It happened again. Uh, you sent me a story. <laughs> it's kind of going viral uh, about how middle-aged oh, okay. are you? All right, let's go through these. This is new poll. How, how middle-aged are you? And I'm going to give you a point. I'm just going to ask you. Okay. Me and you. How middle-aged am I? I am 46 years old right now, but let's go down the list. You can't sleep past 9 a.m. That's pretty true, yeah. Point. Point. You can't start a movie past 9 p.m. False. I can do that. I'm a late night person, though. You call your children for tech support. Yes. 100%. Jacob's my go-to. <laughs> You've called a 30-year-old a kid. Yes. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> you swap ailment stories with your friends. You know the answer to that. Yes. We talk about (laughs) muscle rubs and creams and... Uh, You're on Facebook, but not Instagram. That's wrong. Yeah. Hammer and Nigel show is on Instagram. You write your appointments on a paper calendar. Yes. Also in my phone, though. So do I get a half a point for that? Yeah. Full point. I have both. Full point. Damn it. You're not quite sure how you got that bruise. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Me too. 100%. Again, I'll this- wake up in the morning, and I look like a beat-up banana sometimes, <laughs> and I have no idea what the hell happened. Again, this is a poll. How middle-aged are you? You can either answer yes or no. Uh, you're. <laughs> this one's kind of tongue-in-cheek. You gain weight just by being near food. Yes. <laughs> Especially the older I get, man. You go into the bank to make a deposit. Sometimes, really, once in a while, yes. Yeah, I, I don't do that. I got, I got. My wife usually handles all that kind of stuff, but if I get a check or something like an old school payment, and I want to get it in the account, I'll just stop by the bank. <laughs> You've taken a keen interest in bunions and corns. No, not yet. <laughs> not quite, because of all the ointments that we talked about earlier. Okay. You've recently dialed a rotary phone. No. I've not recently dialed a rotary phone. You still have a landline. No. And finally, according to this poll, how middle-aged are you? Yes or no? You can't find your glasses that are sitting on top of your head. I'll answer that one. Yes. I'll defer to you on that one. Absolutely yes. I'm the kind of guy, I've got I've got these cheap Chinese, speaking of China, these cheap Chinese readers laying all over my house and the work. In my bathroom. There's a spy camera somewhere yeah. on those little things. <laughs> They're like something from an Austin Powers movie. 
It's all coming full circle now. <laughs> FBI Director Ray is going to come knocking on your door. Uh, Mr. Laskowski, we need to talk about your glasses. <laughs> Show. The band you hear here is Train. They're coming with Ario Speedwagon and Yacht Rock Review, July 10th, up at Ruoff. And caller number nine was Tommy. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show, Tommy. How are you? Tommy. Yes, I'm here. Oh, there, there he is. is. There we go. Yes. Um, so we're going to play Hammer and Nigel Show trivia. Do you listen to this program from time to time, Tommy? I get a lot of crap because I listen to your program because my wife <laughs> my wife thinks I listen to it way too much. I mean, I'm a card-carrying conservative. Right? We need to put that on a T-shirt. I get a lot of crap for listening to the Hammer and Nigel show. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do Hammer and Nigel show trivia. You get three out of five trivia questions correct, and we're going to give you these tickets, okay? I hope the answers are, are the questions are as easy as yesterday's. Sure, go ahead. We're going to make this as easy as we can. All uh, right, no, question did. number one. What are fans of Nigel's called? Are they oh. A, X-Heads, B, The Brew Crew, or C, Nigerians? <laughs> Nigerians. Nigerians, there they are. <laughs> Hamroids and Nigerians. All right. One down. We've got to get two more. Right. Number two. May have talked about this earlier in the show. Where did I go to high school was it a greenwood b beach grove or c some outhouse in tennessee <laughs> it wasn't c but i'm surprised uh it'd be beach grove wouldn't it? yes yes i'll take the backhanded compliment thank you i'm only trying to give you concert tickets for the love of god we went to school together it's good all right uh last one here if you get this right we're gonna throw a big party thank you who are we referencing when we say wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing? Oh, that has to be our our commander in chief, uh, uh, Brandon is his name, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. We'll take it. There you go, man. Just for blanks and giggles, let's do the rest of them. Let's see if he would have ran the table all here. Right. You've already got the tickets. Now we're playing with house money. Uh, all right, Tommy. What is the name of our fictional record company? Oh, Hammer and Nigel Records. There we go. There we go. And last one here. What game do we play every day at 421? It was also the name of our bourbon that sold out in two days. Oh, crap. Is this anything? Oh, yeah. my gosh. There we go. My Tommy. man. I'm liking this guy. Heck I yeah! You, I, I told you I listen to your show every day. Where do you Where do you listen at? I I, I deliver lost luggage for the airport, so mostly in my car. Oh, right on. Okay, oh, that's awesome. That's a cool gig, man. Like I've never oh, had anybody I, I say that's their gig. Get, I get paid to listen to you guys. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> right on. Right on. You send us a little over that paycheck. <laughs> Some money. Yeah. Uh, stay on the line, Tommy. Allison will take care of you. Okay. Thank, thank you, buddy. You got it. Uh, Najee, new month right around the corner. Today's the final day yep. of January. We are looking at February head on. But first, let's take a look back at some of the things that trend in January of 2024. These okay. were some of the biggest trends on Google. Number one, who won the Golden Globes? <laughs> 
So, so these trends, they put out, Google puts out a list of the top who, what, where, when, and why questions America Googled this month. And you're telling me who won the Golden Globes was number one? Nothing to do with, you know, the border, nothing to do with <laughs> Iran, none of that. Nothing to do with the election or the Iowa caucus. Who won the Golden Globes? So that's the who. What's the what? What happened to Martin Lawrence? <laughs> He was in this what? throwback uh, segment at some award show. I think it was the Emmy Awards. Um, and fans were worried because he seemed to be slurring his words a little bit. So people went to the Google box and typed in, what happened to Martin Lawrence? Okay. What happened to the border, maybe? No. Nope. No. Nope. What nope. happened to Martin Lawrence? Have you seen the previews? I don't know if they're out. Yeah. I think the previews are for uh, Bad Boys 4 are out. Him and Will Smith. Man, they're still pumping those yeah. things out oh, there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw the first one, and that was it. <laughs> that was enough for you me. You follow up? Taya Leona was hot in that one. Okay, she so, was. So, who won the Golden Globes? What happened to Martin Lawrence? Uh, number three on the list of Google Trends, when is Martin Luther King's birthday? Okay, I understand that. A lot of people wondering what the date was because perhaps they had the day off of work. Maybe they want to make plans, have an extended weekend. Third Monday in January. Right. Uh, number four, where is Bill Belichick going? <laughs> Doesn't look like anywhere. Narrator, nowhere. <laughs> he did not get hired as the Falcons coach. All right, what, what is the why? We've, we've done who, what, where, when. What's the why in Google Trends? Why did Justin and Jessica split? What? No, why? Why did Justin <laughs> and Jessica split? I didn't split? know they split. Uh, Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel, they briefly stopped dating back in 2011, and a rumor swirled they might yeah. break up again after 10-plus years of marriage, but it seems like everything's going to be okay. Oh. Like, I look at the things that we're concerned with. Like, I look at the list of things that Google says we've searched the most I get why this country is in the position we're in right now. <laughs> we just had some pretty crazy audio from FBI Director Ray saying that China is currently hacking our infrastructure, and people are Googling, what happened to Martin Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, man. There's a major election happening this year. You know, there's hell breaking loose in the Middle East. The economy is rough right now. Why did Justin and Jessica break up? <laughs> I get it. I get why this country is in the position we're in, aye, if aye, these aye. are the things we're searching for. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock So this is interesting. The Iranian-backed militia group that was blamed for the drone attack that killed three service members in Jordan over the weekend has apparently suspended military operations and attacks against U.S. troops to, quote, prevent embarrassment to the Iraqi government. Translation, um, please don't bomb the crap out of us. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what it is. I mean, um, but the thing is, let's be clear. It's not Syrian militants or Houthis or whoever in Yemen we're battling. It, it is Iran. Right. And, and Iran t said today, I'm looking at the quote right here, they will decisively respond to any U.S. attack direct attack on Iran. 
So nobody fears Joe Biden. They, they really don't. Like I get, you don't want to be a war hawk. You don't want to be like one of the bushes and get us involved in a war that doesn't need to happen. But at the same time, you can't just sit there, be incredibly passive, let your brave men and women that serve the country die, and then be like, we don't want any trouble. Yeah, but it wasn't Iran that was saying it. It was this specific militia group that pulled off that drone strike. So what do we do? Killing American troops is the red line, isn't it? It should be. Um, but under this you know, president, it hasn't been. I'm not saying, like you said, yeah, I'm not saying nukes or start World War Three or even, even hit Iran directly. But, man, a strong response is warranted. Is like, he capable? Is Joe Biden capable of a strong response of anything? Is he capable of a strong military response? Is he capable of a strong verbal response? Is he capable of a strong bowel movement? Can this president do anything strong, is my question. He did tell Iran, quote, don't. Narrator. But they did. The don't lecture didn't work. I, I don't know what they're going to do. They're, they're play, they have something in the works, the military does, but you know, find out where that kamikaze drone came from and blow it out of the sand. In Syria, maybe even take out a few hundred of those Iranian Revolutionary Guards that are training these militias uh, outside of Iran would send a huge, huge message. Because Biden, again, Biden whispering, don't do it. (laughs) Iran ain't getting a jab done. Sorry. No. I mean, this has been one embarrassment from a foreign policy standpoint after the other. I mean, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Like, not mad that you left Afghanistan, but the way that you did it yeah. was just incompetent. Trump already had a plan in place, and he completely destroyed it. And people lost office. their lives as a result of it. And when the bodies of those brave men and women mm. came back home, you had the President of the United States looking at his watch like he was bored. The, during the dignified transfer at Dover, yeah. That still fires me up, man. That still just rubs me the wrong way. And now three other members of the United States military have lost their lives here, and it's because nobody fears this President. Whether you like it or not, the United States has to be feared. Whether we act upon that fear, that's up for debate. But the perception has to be there of F-A-F-O, and you know yeah. what that means. Uh, that's why I like Trump having John Bolton around. John Bolton is an old, what was his national security guy, like a total war hawk. And Trump would go to these countries that were getting squirrely and like, look, maybe you guys should get your crap together because I don't want any trouble. Look, I don't want to have to do anything, but this guy behind me, this this John Bolton, this this Bolton dude, <laughs> he'd push the button right now if he could to send a couple nukes your way. So just get it together, okay? I don't want any trouble. I'm not saying, but this guy behind me, <laughs> the leash the leash is going to break anytime. In my mind, the way that conversation went was like that scene in Back to School where Rodney Dangerfield's in the bar fight. No, I don't get physical, but Pauly back <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. he gets physical. And he takes the napkin container and <laughs> squeezes it right with one hand. That was Bolton it. talking about war. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want any war, but... Oh, Warhawk Bolden back there, and he squeezes the <laughs> napkin container. <laughs> he wants a lot of it. Um, oh, man. Take a listen to this. This was a pretty wild action earlier today. Again, very busy day in Capitol Hill. Uh, Democrat Rep. Rob Menendez, he's on this council 
where they're breaking down all the information about the Homeland Security situation, including impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas. Alejandro, Alejandro. So Menendez, again, the Democrat, starts screaming at the Republicans on the council and claims they're obsessed with what's happening at the border, and they always bend the knee to orange Jesus. We've held 17 hearings, 17 on the border, and this impeachment's part of that. We have held zero, I repeat, zero full committee hearings dedicated to emergency preparedness, cyber threats, infrastructure protection, transportation security, Department of Homeland Security Management, or information sharing and intelligent efforts. With the global dynamic that we have, we have not lived up to our oversight obligation here on this committee because you all are obsessed with the border. Because you bend the knee to the orange Jesus. Whoa. Lighten up, Francis. Yeah. I'm glad and somebody's obsessed with the border because no your party clearly is not. Joe Biden was not obsessed with the border. He tries to feign interest in the border now that the, an election's coming up. Oh, I'd shut it down right now if I could. And if I were Donald Trump, I would put on my merch store orange Jesus shirts. <laughs> like a picture of his face, maybe the shirt's orange, you know, like a white outline. I don't know. Maybe we should do that at the Hammer and Nigel Show <laughs> merch store. Orange Jesus. Can I hear the very ending of that one more time, please, Allison? Because this guy has lost his complete mind. Let's hear that one more time. Because you bend the knee to the orange Jesus. <laughs> Will somebody please do something at the border? Good rant, great rant, creative points for calling him Orange Jesus. But can somebody, anybody please do something right now at the southern border? Or is that asking too much? Way too much. Um, If you're looking for a reason to drink tonight, if all of these stories are not reason enough, how about this? Here's a little mood music to get you ready. What would you do oh. if I sang out of two? Wonder Years. That's oh, it. Joe Cocker. Right. Joe Cocker is the singer here. 36 years ago today. Get out of here. 1988. The Wonder Years premiered on ABC. And it lasted until 1993. And for what it's worth, I was uh, about 10 years old in 1988 when the show started. So... I have had a crush on Winnie Cooper my whole life. She's hot now. She does a lot of math stuff and helps kids, you know, learn how to do math. I've met her. You met Winnie Cooper? Yeah, at some press, McKellar? press junket out at the Grammys at the Staples Center back when I worked for Radio Now. To shoot your shot? Really, no, I didn't. I was in love with her, though, back then, just like everybody else. I forget when she was promoting some some math thing or something Math like stuff. That. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I was like, uh, let's see, 76, so I was 12. When this when the show first came out, and I think the new Wonder Years. I really am honest. Honestly, I think the new Wonder Years is Young Sheldon. Like if you want to, uh, um, if you want a show like the Wonder Years, go back and start watching seasons of Young Sheldon on Netflix. Okay, it's really good. Because I, I like I, The Big Bang Theory, but I've never got into Young well, Sheldon. Part of the reason I like it is because I, I can watch it with my nine year old. Okay, she really likes it. Speaking of Wonder Years, did you ever hear the rumor? This was like urban legend. Long before the internet existed, there was no Twitter, no Facebook, not even MySpace at this point, where 
his buddy Paul was a young Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Did you ever hear that? Yes. It's completely false. But if you yeah, look I at their facial features and structures of their face, I could see it. <laughs> I could so see his stupid. buddy Paul being Marilyn Manson. And since we're rolling here, going down this rabbit hole, the reason the Wonder Years went off the air was there were some shenanigans going on, some sexual allegations between Fred Savage, uh, his brother in the show, uh, Jason Hervey, they were getting a little too handsy with a lot of the chicks on the show. Yeah, I think the mom, who, the the person who played the mom on that show called BS out on that. Okay. Well, maybe she just wasn't getting hit on. <laughs> maybe Winnie Cooper's got a different story. I don't know, but... God bless the time that didn't have the internet, right? Was that Marilyn Manson or not? <laughs> Was the Me Too movement happening well before Harvey Weinstein? We don't know. But the Wonder Years premiered 36 years ago today. Amber and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Amber, how do we play this? Is anything? I will run some stories by you. You will be the one that breaks down all the information and gives us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? The good news. New Hampshire woman was rescued after she fell into a garbage bin. Um, she was taking out her trash and she fell inside the garbage truck. No, 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 no. She's the truck picked up the bin that she was in. So she fell in the bin and the truck picked it up. <laughs> well, that's good news, right? Yeah, I guess that's good news. Uh, the bad news was the driver had compacted the trash four times with her inside of it before she was rescued. <laughs> She's okay. But here is the uh, battalion chief. Wow. Uh, who was a witness talking about the situation. It's alarming because you don't really think it's true. You don't think it really happens. It came pick Howard's up over here, and um, he heard screaming and stuff like that. So we thought, you know, something really bad was out there happening. Yeah, definitely. Nothing but raccoons, maybe little critters in there. And that'll spook you, but never a person in there. I talked to the driver. He seemed to be okay. It's not the first time this has happened to him. Yeah, it was definitely one for the books. It's not the first time you've had a human being in your garbage truck? Compacted it four times. How did she not die? That's an awful way to go. That's like a mobster way to go. Right? Right. Well, that guy at the beginning sounded like he was an extra in The Sopranos. Yeah, right. And this was in, what, New Hampshire? It's close to New Jersey. I well, could see it Isn't happening. there a scene in Goodfellas where a couple of the mob guys die in the garbage truck? As they're yeah. Get, they're getting rid of all the, all the mobsters because they spent all the money from the airport heist. Frankie Carbone hanging in the meat freezer <laughs> of the right. semi-truck. And by the way, we were talking about traumatic movies. Uh, movie deaths the other day like um what were some of them macaulay culkin and my girl apollo creed, apollo creed goose. goose joe pesci's death in goodfellas when he's about ready to get he thinks he's going to get made and they blow his brains out but i think he's the only one that thought he was going to get made though like the minute he opens up those doors everybody has to know right it's like sunny in the godfather you had to have known that was coming right when you're going up to the toll thing when he got lit up old, old you know de niro's character conway james conway didn't know true remember they called him and said hey, it didn't happen he's gone the little guy's <laughs> gone it's gone he started smashing the phone against the uh right the thing right good so, a great film i know but i'm just saying traumatic 
That's that one I didn't see coming. You may have. I did. All right. So All let right. me go through your list of traumatic fears: getting mauled to death by a tiger. <laughs> yes. Getting dragged to death and eaten by a shark dragged in the ocean. Of the ocean. Yeah. And being compacted by trash. That'd be terrifying. Just absolutely terrifying. If you have How to pick, you? if you have to pick one of those ways to go, uh, I'm going trash. I guess. How does this woman end up in a trash bin, not able to get out, and then the guys don't hear her? Like, how long is she in the garbage bin before a truck coincidentally comes around? He's got ear pods in. He's listening to music. He's, you know, maybe he's listening to the Hammer and Nigel uh, show. I don't know. Lots of questions. Is this anything? An Ohio town is left confused after someone set up a display featuring the mayor's name the Confederate flag, and dozens of toilets underneath of that Confederate flag. I've seen this. It's a lot going on here. Here are a couple of the residents who don't really love the look that the city is portraying. I know it's freedom of speech, but it's not a good look for Harrison. It's really hard to comprehend. I, I just don't know, to be honest with you. I don't see the relevancy of the flag versus the toilets. I mean, I have no problem with the Confederate flag, but the toilets are disgusting. <laughs> That's what? where he draws the line. <laughs> I don't care about that racist flag, but them toilets are gross. <laughs> literally, you watch this this news story, and this guy outside of his house, it, it is literally 12 toilets all circle around a flagpole. On the flagpole is the Confederate flag, and then a sign with the mayor's name on it. That's I, I don't know how to describe it anymore. And this is in Ohio. This isn't in Mississippi. Right. This isn't in Alabama. This is in Ohio. Like, Ohio was, you know, part of the Union. So I guess I just don't understand, one, the love of the Confederate flag, and two, the toilets. Like, are those supposed to work together somehow? I Am I know. missing something? Yeah, yes, you are. We all are. That guy's probably missing a f- few marbles. Maybe that was the troll from my Facebook encounter last night. I don't know. Oh. Is this anything? A new scam that has popped up has people asking shoppers to buy items like formula and diapers for their baby, mm-hmm. but then turning around and returning those items for cash. Yeah. Here is a Walmart employee calling out one of the scammers in the process of tricking another shopper. Wonder if you're breaking any laws. You know, it's it's definitely a scam. You act like you're some sad sack who doesn't have enough money to feed their kids, and somebody at Walmart gives you, you know, buys the formula for you, and then you give it to this scammer, and they turn right back around, go to the returns, and get the cash back for it. Is there anything illegal? Don't give them the receipt. Say, I'm going to buy this for you, but you don't get the receipt. Like, because Walmart won't take it back if you don't have the proof of purchase, will they? Who knows? Yeah. Allison, let yeah. me defer to you. You work over at Sullivan's, right? And I know Sullivan's is not Walmart, but if somebody tries to run this similar scam with lawnmowers, like they have to have the proof of purchase, right? Absolutely. At least a receipt or a confirmation or something. And if they don't have that, there's no goodwill of saying, oh, okay, it doesn't work yeah. that way. Well, I guess it depends on the Walmart in this situation. If, if you get like a teenager at the customer service, I bet you could get away with it. I mean, if you get yeah. somebody dumb enough to fall for it, then I guess all is fair in love and scams. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Thanks a lot, Biden. 
Jersey Governor of Massachusetts, Maura Healy, on Twitter crying as she is announcing that she is converting the Roxbury Rec Center. A very safe place for kids and teens to go play. She's got to shut it down because, well, she's got to turn it into a, a new shelter for illegals. Emotional, guys, okay? Because I'm committed to this. Little kids need to be able to breathe clean air. They need to be able to access swimming pools. They need to have lifeguards there who are going to teach them how to swim. And they need to have activities. I don't know what we're going to do for a couple, three months. I'll call universities. I'll call other places. You know, instead of crying to me, you know, I voted for the other party. Perhaps you call, oh, I don't know, the lunatics in your own party. Because that's why this is happening. You never hear him, any of them doing that, though. You you never hear him call out Joe Biden by name. It's always the governor of Texas's fault that this is happening. Right. Because From he's busing. moving the pieces around that come into his state. Sanctuary cities, mind you, or sanctuary states, it's still his fault somehow. They've got a, the, the Boston's got this emergency shelter that holds 7,500 people, and it's reached its limit with migrants. And so now they've got to open up a f- an additional 400 beds at this rec center, a place where kids, again, have a safe place to go play and rec sports and stuff like that. Those places are needed. Those places are needed badly, especially in hot spots yeah. of, you know, rough parts of town. I wish we had more of those types of things here in Indianapolis. I really do. Uh, but you don't get to cry to me. Like, I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? I wasn't the one that reversed all of the policies on the border on day one. 94 executive actions that absolutely decimated Trump's uh, border's policy. And what's the governor's name? Maura Healy? Maura Healy. A lot of people don't know this. She was a member of the Jeff Healy band. I did not know that. I made that up. Uh, Speaking of Joe Biden, uh, he's finally going to visit East Palestine, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) About time. If you remember, that was the site of the massive train derailment that left toxic chemicals for the locals to deal with, and nobody came to help them. No, that's not true. Not true. Pete Buttigieg came. Oh, that's right. He had a hard hat on. He was wearing a hard hat. So he was very serious. Transportation secretary. And, uh, yes, hard hat and penny loafers, I believe. Him wearing that hard hat had strong Dukakis in the tank vibes, didn't it? <laughs> Popping his head out of the tank. Right. That with pretty his much derailed. big helmet yeah. on that little head. It looks like a bobble head. And that one picture pretty much derailed his campaign. <laughs> right. It's 100%. So, will Biden wear a hard hat like Pete did? And if he does, will he have it on backwards like he <laughs> did recently when he visited the uh, auto workers? It's one of my favorite pictures. I mean, nothing sums up his presidency like that picture of him wearing a yeah. hard hat on backwards. <laughs> Regular blue collar worker, that Joe. Um, if you're wondering what it might sound like when low energy, feeble, frail Joe Biden finally goes to East Palestine, Ohio, probably against his own will. Here's a little preview of what it might sound like. Hello, West Palestine. Free Palestine now. It's a little preview of what Joe Biden might say when he goes. <laughs> what was that, AI? A little AI for you right there. That's great. Would Although you like to he hear was, he a was little, a little more? too clear there for me. Would you like to hear a little more Please. of what AI Joe Biden might say when he visits East Palestine? 
I'm sorry to hear about the big, the, the airplane crash that left human feces in your coffee. That's what Joe Biden might say <laughs> when he goes to That's, East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, wow. <laughs> Play that one again. I got to hear that again. I'm sorry to hear about the big, the, the airplane crash that left human feces in your coffee. You're right. That's way too clear to be Joe Biden. Oh, wow. Fun with AI. Feces in the coffee. Airplane crash. Uh, Sir, it was a train derailment. You know the thing. Uh, Leaders in Oregon. Oh, man. Oregon leaders joined forces to declare a 90-day state of emergency in downtown Portland, funneling resources into fighting the city's deadly fentanyl crisis. Wow. It turns out, you know, legalizing drugs isn't working out so well for those folks. Oh, you mean Measure 110, which passed in 2020? This was the measure that decriminalized the use of hard drugs, including fentanyl, uh, one of the most deadly drugs that's out there right now. Uh, This was a measure that received criticism, but they passed it overwhelmingly and surprise surprise now there's a state of emergency about people ODing in Portland I was watching um do you ever watch uh, Cat Williams comedian Cat Williams his his comedy specials I've seen a couple he has a, he has a bit about fentanyl and his last special he did on Netflix he goes I don't have it's obviously I, I couldn't put it on the air that basically says man fentanyl is so bad it's like the only drug that you can die from if you just touch it <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where we're at. And you look at the numbers of so many young people that die of this. Yeah, I mean, it's not funny. It's, no, it's, 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 but they voted to legalize it. Portland, yeah. Yeah, Portland voted to decriminalize. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say legalize. Decriminalize yeah. the use of hard drugs, including fentanyl. And then, not even you know, three years later, there's a 90-day state of emergency in downtown Portland. Like, what if you're a business in Portland? What if you're the Portland Trailblazers or somebody that has a business downtown? You had what used to be a very liberal but swanky city, you know, in a beautiful part of the country. And now it's a hellhole. It's an absolute joke. Businesses are leaving Portland in droves. Like the Nike store had to leave Portland because too oh, many yeah. grabs and dashes. And you hear the same thing when... You're talking about cities like Seattle. Seattle could be just an absolutely beautiful place. San Francisco, it used to be an absolutely beautiful place. But you factor in the homeless, the drugs, the needles, and the poop. Oh, Oh my my, goodness, the poop. poop. Fentanyl, 50 times more potent than heroin, 100 times more potent than morphine. It's usually used in pain management for cancer patients. And they're manufacturing this stuff in China. They're getting it across the border uh, in the South. And it is a huge problem, killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. And their press release from the city of Portland, quote, Our country and our state have never seen a drug this deadly and addictive. But again, Measure 110 in 2020 decriminalized the use of hard drugs in Portland, yeah. including the exact drug that you're putting out a press release on and calling a state of emergency for. Re-damn-diculous. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. The 
are gonna read booze news, cause it's really fun. Oh, to present Booze News, Booze News. Yeah. Time for Booze News. Everybody get excited. Dry January almost over. How was, I, your, how was your dry January, buddy? Didn't participate. <laughs> My wife and I did what we called dry ish January. <laughs> Boy, that there. ish is big leeway. There was, a, there was a lot of room for me in that ish. A lot of room she, for error in that she, ish. She did well. She only cracked the wine open, you know, Fridays and Saturdays. But me? <laughs> now, look, here's the good news. It's either, you know, it's over tomorrow or you've already started drinking again. But that doesn't mean you can't keep looking for healthier ways to imbibe. Okay. So here's a dietitian breaking down. The two biggest tips when it comes to choosing a healthier beverage. Always be looking for drinks that are low in sugar. Okay. Higher in healthy ingredients. Here are some of the healthiest types of alcoholic drinks. I'm going to help us all get healthy and still get drunk. Right. Okay? That's that's the way it's supposed to be. One, hard seltzers. You, you big on the hard seltzer? Not really. Mrs. Hammer? No. Big on the ranch no, water? No, not really. Not really our thing. It's just like sparkling water. Add a clear liquor like tequila or vodka. You can do it. Why can't I just drink the vodka? <laughs> you can. <clears throat> There's certain kinds of vodka that are like I, I, Tito's is my favorite brand. Right. Um, has some has some ingredients that aren't too bad. Mix it with a little soda water. Okay. Uh, is there any wine in the house at the Hammer household? Uh, Crystal drinks the wine. I don't. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the, like the sugary stuff. Red wine. Red yep. wine is. She the- likes the red wine. She. Okay. Uh, she's she's great for her. Uh, it's chock full of antioxidants. Can reduce inflammation and uh, prevent cancer and heart disease. Well, that's good. She uh, enjoys the red wine. The uh, what's the um, winery that's down by Bloomington? Oliver. Oliver. Yeah. yeah. Likes a good red wine so my from wife, Oliver. My wife, my wife likes a good cab, maybe. Uh, three. Three. Again, these are this uh, dietitian breaking down uh, some of the healthier types of alcoholic drinks. Bloody Marys. A bloody buddy. Yeah. Uh, tomato juice doesn't have a, a lot of sugar, plus, you know, what other drink that you know of comes with celery? Now, some of these Bloody Marys get a little carried away. Oh, I know. Like They start stacking, like, you know, bacon bacon on there shrimp. and all kinds of different I things. I love that, though. You here for it? I'm not here for the olives. I don't eat the olives. I hate the olives. I like the olives. I can do the olives, but <clears throat> I'll drink a Bloody Mary if somebody, like, hands me one. Like, when I had the sports betting TV show, we would drink, you mm. know, before the games would come on, and sometimes it was Bloody Marys. I'll have a Bloody Buddy if somebody gives it to me, but it's nothing I would order on my own. Uh, I only order them in the morning. Hot toddies. Do you know what hot toddy is? It's like a hot water, lemon juice, honey, and whiskey. So good. Hotty toddy, so God Almighty. Good. Chant that down at Ole Miss. <laughs> That's about as healthy as it gets right there. So, What about just straight tequila? Because I like a yeah, good I mean, frozen tequila shot. Yeah, if, yeah, 100% agave tequila. It's got the right kind of sugars in it. Oh, the hiatus tequila when they bring that oh, stuff in boy, here. That's good. It's that's that's gone in a week. Yeah. You have Glaze, Glaze is listening. Glaze, come on, baby. Where are you? We need some more hiatus tequila in here. Stat. Yeah, that's got the good sugars. That's good good sugars you want. Now what are like the bad drinks? Like are margaritas considered bad? Probably like fireball, which is <laughs> everything all that high we fructose, drink. All high fructose corn syrup. Um 
Although I heard, and maybe somebody, somebody could correct me on this, I've heard that there's several different versions of that, that, that spiced whiskey. Like Fireball is the main one, but then Jack Fire. Yeah. We had Jack Daniels out oh, uh, at the bowling, event. the bowling event. I've heard, I've read that that doesn't have any sugar in it. Hmm. So, you know, maybe you can get healthy and do shots of Jack. But I, I don't know if that's the case. It had something in it because I felt pretty good. <laughs> um... Yeah, tequila is definitely it, for sure. But if you mix it with the margarita mix, like, is that too sugary? Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. Okay. There's healthy, there's skinny margaritas, sure. Eh, I don't know how comfortable I feel walking into the liquor store with a <laughs> bottle of tequila in one hand. Could I get the skinny mix in the other? Just not sure if that's something dudes really need to do. Um, how about this story from Arizona? Jolie Sanders of Arizona found out that she couldn't donate her kidney to her brother, Frank, because she wasn't a match. So she decided to donate it anyway to someone who was a match in Chicago. Somebody she didn't even know? Right. That man, Tony, found out his wife, Tracy, was a match for Frank. (laughs) They traded kidneys? They traded kidneys. That's amazing. And now everybody's off dialysis. Take a listen. Here we are today, and I couldn't take Banner, Banner um, Hospital for taking care of me. Actually, you guys, it's been a long journey. Wow. I'm glad it's working for you. I've tried staying healthy the entire time. I ate right. I made sure that kidney stayed healthy. <laughs> so, man, oh, man, oh, man. Donated your kidney to somebody you didn't even know. Didn't didn't Nikki do that over at the... the Chick on the morning show at ZPL? I think she did. Didn't she do that? Did she donate her kidney to some random? Or did some like random dude just break into her house when she was asleep and <laughs> she woke out. up and there's a cooler next to her? I don't know. But <laughs> no, I think she donated it. God bless her. Um, Man, I don't know if I could do that. To somebody you don't know. To somebody I, I don't know, just randomly do it. Because what if a family member needs it sometime down the line? Like, that's the thing that would be in the back of my mind the whole time. Uh, best cartoon characters all time ranked. Oh wow! Um, Somebody did like a top thirty-five. I'll give you like the top twenty real quick. Okay, these the are 20? the ranking of the cartoon characters. Number one, are we all okay with Mickey Mouse at the number one spot? Yeah, I see it. Case could definitely be made for Mickey Mouse. Number two, Bugs Bunny. That was the first thing that popped into my Bugs mind. Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Number three, the Simpsons family. Oh, all the way up at number three. Yeah. Four, SpongeBob. That's a little high for SpongeBob. You think so? You think SpongeBob above Fred Flintstone, Tom and Jerry? No, no, not at all. Wow. Tom and Jerry have been at it for years. I think Tom and Jerry need to be in that top three. Yeah, absolutely. I was a kid. Pikachu from Pokemon? (laughs) I mean, that's a different generation, right? Like, old people like us are going to say, that sucks. But, like, if you ask a lot of kids, they're going to be like, I don't know who Fred Flintstone is, but I sure as hell know who Pokemon is. Scooby-Doo in at number eight? Oh, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yeah. Scooby-Doo's got to be above SpongeBob. I love SpongeBob. I'm not an anti-spongeite, but Scooby-Doo's <laughs> got to absolutely be above that. And SpongeBob still holds up if you're an adult watching it with your kids. It does. I love Mr. Krabs. I love money. <laughs> Snoopy, Charlie Brown, number nine. Okay. That's got to be above SpongeBob, I would think. 
Uh, I like this one. Optimus Prime from Transformers. I used to love watching Transformers cartoon when I was a kid. So where are we at with toys that became cartoons? Because to me, when I think of Optimus Prime, I don't think of a cartoon. I think of the toy. I think they were. I think they were cartoons first, and then came the toys after. Really? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I thought they were toys first. South Park number eleven. It's about right for South Park, and I love South Park. Like those guys are equal opportunity offenders. Like that's what yeah. we try to do here on the Hammer and Nigel show: be a holes to everybody. Let me round out the top. 20 here before we run out of time. Uh, after South Park, Rugrats Gang, Wiley E. Coyote, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Tweety and Sylvester, Garfield, Casper, Popeye, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles rounding out the list. Now, others on this list in at number 34, Woody Woodpecker. Okay. Pete, Peter and Stewie in at number 30. Oh, family guy. Yep. And then at 28, Hank Hill. <laughs> from King of the Hill. I didn't see, Be- I didn't see Beavis and Butthead on this uh, list. No? No. You said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles earlier, and because I grew up watching the cartoon as a kid, yeah. I just associate the theme song, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtle Power! Like, everybody <laughs> has to yell Turtle Power at the end, or you're doing it wrong. All right, coming up next, we will have an update from the hearing about big tech. That's next. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, you and the companies before us, I know you don't mean it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product that's killing people. Whoa! Graham Nasty, the, the senior senator from South Kakalaka, Lindsey Graham, off the top rope, speaking to Mark Zuckerberg earlier today during a Senate hearing. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, of course, founded Facebook, which is now, is it Meta now? Or right. The, Meta is the company that has Facebook and Instagram, Instagram okay. both. So, so, so there was some testimony today, right? It was a hearing about online child safety. Now, this wasn't about big tech censorship, per se. This was about, are users safe with these products that the Zucks is rolling out there? And let's hear from Senator Ted Cruz. A potential pedophile clicking on, I'd like to see child porn. What did you do next when that happened? Senator, I think that an important piece of context here is that any context that we think is child sexual Mr. Zuckerberg, that's called a question. What did you do next when someone clicked, you may be getting child sexual abuse images and they click see results anyway what was your next step you said you might be wrong did anyone examine was it in fact child sexual abuse material did anyone report that user did anyone go and try to protect that child what did you do next Senator, we take down anything that we think is sexual abuse material on the service, and we do did. Did anyone verify to, whether it was in fact child sexual abuse material? Senator, I don't know if, if every single search result we're following up on, but in, did, did but you report the, board, the people who wanted it? Senator, do you want me to answer your question? Yeah, I want you to answer the question I'm asking. Did you report time to speak the people who click see results anyway? Uh, that's probably one of the factors that we use in reporting. Did I catch a probably <laughs> in there? It's like shrugged his shoulders. Eh. I don't know. Probably. It's not really the answer you're looking for if you are the face of the organization, <laughs> right. right? If somebody's actively trying to search that out on your platform and 
man, it's probably got to be rampant at this point of yeah. those kinds of weirdos out there, you know? Taking advantage of some vulnerable young kids, too. And, you know, we can have the discussion about how young is too young for kids to be on social media, but you would hope that at least if you've got a responsible kid and you think they can handle social media, that they don't see porn or pedophilia acts, you know, pop up in their feed. Or, for that matter, adults having access to it. Right. Given the choice to, are you sure you'd like to move along with the search? Are you sure you want to see the results? That 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 was like the barrier. Right. <laughs> and Zuckerberg's answer was probably. <laughs> Hell, I don't know. Uh, so we've heard from Graham Nasty. We've heard from Ted Cruz, but nobody was more prepared and more fired up to look Zuckerberg in the eye and go toe to toe than Josh Hawley of Missouri. Wow. Hawley hates this guy. Goes back to the big tech censorship days, oh, yeah. right? Hawley can't stand Zuckerberg. And listen to this. You're going to hear applause from the gallery as Hawley kind of grills Zuckerberg. Your own study says that you make life worse for one in three teenage girls. You increase anxiety and depression. That's what it says. And you're here testifying to us in public that there's no link. You've been doing this for years. For years, you've been coming in public and testifying under oath that there's absolutely no link. Your product is wonderful. The science is nascent. Full speed ahead. While internally, you know full well your product is a disaster for teenagers. And yet you keep right on doing what you're doing. Right? That's not true. That's not true. Let me let me t- let me show you some other but facts I, mean, you, I know you, that you're you familiar carry, with. I, well, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's, I mean, not that's not a question. That's not a question. Those are facts, Mr. Zuckerberg. That's, that's not a not, question. That's, those aren't facts. Wow. Is there anybody that doesn't believe that social media can be bad for kids? Well, Mark linked, Zuckerberg. And now, linked to meth- mental issues. You heard um, the stats that Josh Hawley has. The data. Mark Zuckerberg claims that. There's no link between social media use and mental health decline of young people. With so much of our lives spent on mobile devices and social media, it's important to look into the effects on teen mental health and well-being. I take this very seriously. Mental health is a complex issue, and the existing body of scientific work has not shown a causal link between using social media and young people having worse mental health outcomes. Okay, so you heard his words. We did not edit that in any way. You've got Mark Zuckerberg going up there saying there's no connection between social media and mental health. Well, Josh Hawley seems to have some evidence that would make you believe that there's another avenue to discuss here. He brings up the fact that there was a study inside of Meta's walls and an email chain that was copied to Mark Zuckerberg that shows this stuff is bad for kids. Now, I want you to listen to this clip. It's a little longer. It's about 90 seconds, but I want you to stay with it here because you are going to hear Josh Hawley, the senator of Missouri, have receipts. 
Here's some information from a whistleblower who came before the Senate and testified under oath in public. He worked for you. He's a senior executive. Here's what he showed he found when he studied your products. So, for example, this is girls between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. 37% of them reported that they had been exposed to nudity on the platform, unwanted, in the last seven days. 24% said that they had experienced unwanted sexual advances they'd been propositioned in the last seven days. 17% said they had encountered self-harm content pushed at them in the last seven days. Now, I know you're familiar with these stats because he sent you an email where he lined it all out. I Boom. mean, we've got a copy of it right here. They My bring out a copy is, of it. Who did you fire for this? Who got fired because of that? Senator, we study all of this because it's important and we want to improve our services. Well, you just told and me I a second ago that you studied it, but that there was no linkage. Who Senator, did you fire? You, yeah, I said you mischaracterized. 37% of teenage girls between 13 and 15 were exposed to unwanted nudity in a week on Instagram. You knew about it. Who did you fire? Senator, this is why we're building all Who these did you tools. fire? Senator, that's, I don't think that that's... Who did you fire? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. Because um, <laughs> I mean, you didn't is, fire anybody, right? You didn't take Senator, any significant I, I action. It's appropriate to talk about it, it, like it's not appropriate. decisions. That in, Do you know who's like sitting that? behind you? You've got families from across the nation oh whose children are either severely harmed or gone, and you don't think it's appropriate to take a, talk about steps that you took? This is getting tense. When he broke out the big copy of the email that Zuckerberg <laughs> was a part of that clearly states, yeah, there's a nudity problem, it just goes to show that Zuckerberg is full of crap. You knew damn well there was a problem with your services and nudity and explicit content to minors. Now, the people in the back, you heard Josh Hawley, the senator of Missouri, say it was a mixture of people who have had their children affected negatively by wow. social media or have lost them due to suicide, oh online gosh. bullying, some sort of sex trafficking situation. Take a listen to this. This was wild. This was a power move by Hawley. He got Zuckerberg to stand up, turn around and face those people and apologize. So you didn't take any action. You didn't that's take any true, action. Senator. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't that's compensated a single not, victim. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? I... Would you like to do so now? Well, they're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? I, 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 I'm sorry. Speaking to you all, knowing that to get through the things that your families have, have suffered, and this is why we invested so much and are going to continue doing industry leading efforts. Why, Mr. Zuckerberg, why should your company not be sued for this? Why is it that you can claim you hide behind a liability shield? You can't be held accountable. Zuckerberg's was, a weasel. That was a bonkers, bonkers day. Stand up, boy. Turn around and apologize to everybody. <laughs> well, I mean, he did, but then he tried to qualify his apology. This is why we're investing in all these different things. So gross. Zuckerberg is gross. And I listen, 
I'm bitter because the Hammer and Nigel Show Facebook page yeah, were restricted. Right? Were restricted for no reason, and I can't appeal anything. Like I know we post a lot of stuff on our Facebook page, but it doesn't get to a bunch people, of people. Don't see it in their yeah. feed. So do us a favor. Go to the Hammer and Nigel Show Facebook page yeah. once in a while. Just check in because we're getting screwed by Zuckerberg and his Good Time Party Boys. Real quick, I do want to get to the story from Canada. Okay. I know we got to hit traffic here in just a second, but this story puts a smile on my face, and I need it after all that yeah. stuff I heard from Zuckerberg. There's a Pizza Hut that's had to issue an apology. Oh, no. Now, they're getting some renovations done, and the sign in the door was supposed to say, sorry, we are closed due to unforeseen circumstances. Sure. Yeah. But it looks like there was some sort of spelling error, and it says, sorry, we are closed due to unforeseen circumcisions. <laughs> we, had, we had several employees call in sick because they decided they needed circumcisions. They were unforeseen circumcisions. It happened here in the hut, actually. They, they got the big pizza cutter and went wild, and... Uh, Unforeseen circumcisions. Oh my gosh. That's excellent. <laughs> we believe was supposed to be circumstances. Yes. Are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel Boy, oh boy, Hammer Canadians sure do love their hockey. The NHL All-Star Game is in Toronto this weekend, and a Toronto strip club is offering free lap dances for NHL All-Stars. So the pro hockey stars come into the strip club, they get free lap dances. Are you okay with this? I'm okay with this, but I bet old Justin Trudeau's head spinning around like Beetlejuice. <laughs> the mere thought of uh, some debauchery taking place in his precious Canada has to rub him the wrong way. Look, this is the oldest marketing trick in the book, exactly. right? You see casinos do this, and in this case, strip clubs. You bring in the whales. You bring in the big-time folks that got the money, and you comp them a few things, right? In a casino, you give them 100 bucks in slot play and some free drinks. In the strip club, you comp all their private dances because you know what's going to happen. They're going to spend other dollars oh, yeah. while they're there. These hockey players, they're going to get free dances, but they're going to buy a lot of drinks, and they're going to want to buy bottles and have their own VIP section. They're all stars. That's what they do. When we worked in the casino industry, we had folks that lived in other states. If there was a big event, Indy 500, Final Four, Super Bowl, we would find a way to fly them in, wow. set them up at hotels, bring them in, because you treat them like kings, they're going to drop a lot of money inside your joint. So bring in the whales. I see what they're doing here. And I've heard Canadian nudie bars are next level. As a matter of fact, there was a song that Family Guy did about Canadian nudie bars. Nip here, nip, nip there, and a bevy of porno stars. There's drugs and mugs of Molson beer and Canadian nudie bars. You can touch and squeeze them, they don't even care. Would they even dye their pubes to match my hair? Uh-huh. Tell me then. Do you like me, say we oui, wee, oui, and tell them you're a friend of Bill Mars. That's how ah. you get to watch them pee in Canadian nudie bars. Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! 
guy can get his hockey pucked in Canadian nudie bars. <laughs> Canadian nudie bars, next oh, level. Oh, wow. Okay. They used to do the same thing at, um, like... The bars back in my day, like Have a Nice Day Cafe, would throw these. You'd enter to win these free parties. They called them free parties. Show up at seven thirty, and you get penny beers until ten o'clock. And so you're drinking, you drink draft penny beers until ten o'clock, and then you're already there. And then they switch back to the regular prices. Right. And you're there, you know, you're clocked in for eight hours there at the same bar spending money. Dude, that used to get me at Ball State. Like, you'd go to the Chug or Dill Street, it's Penny Beer Night. I ended up dropping a hundred bucks at Penny Beer Night (laughs) because the Penny Beers are not very good. It's like, you know, imagine the bartender's got a dish rag, he wipes up the bar, they wring it out into a cup. That's what you get for a penny. So you want something a little bit better after a while, and next thing you know, you're buying shots. Are you okay with this? When there's backlash about Taylor Swift and her boyfriend, leave it to David Letterman to break it down and take Taylor's side. So now, here's Taylor Swift, who is a glowing, bright light of goodness in the world, and she starts dating uh, Kelsey Grammer. And people <laughs> Kelsey Grammer? Yes. And the, the Kelsey Grammer people say, oh, no, no, no. I love that. Don't bother us. And the Taylor Swift people, the Swifties, are saying, oh, we don't want a footballer in here with Kelsey Grammer. And I'm saying, <laughs> huh? Travis Kelsey. Right. Travis Kelsey. And I say to both camps, this is such a lovely thing. Shut up. It's good for the footballers. Yeah. It's good for Taylor Swift. And it's something positive and happy for the world. Taylor Swift is a huge force and I think just wants to see people do the right thing. So God bless Taylor Swift and Kelsey Grammer. That's Not all Kelsey I have to say. <laughs> Are you okay with uh, David Letterman defending kind of tongue in cheek there, Taylor Swift? I'm fine with it. I have no issue with the whole Taylor Swift yeah, I don't thing. Either. I, really I don't, don't get it. Like, I get there's some people that are probably a little worn out by the whole storyline, but she's bringing in a crap ton of money to the league. People who don't care about football now are buying Travis Kelsey jerseys because that's who Taylor Swift is in a relationship with. The Chiefs, Ravens, AFC Championship game with Taylor Swift in the uh, in, in the box seat. It was the most ever watched AFC Championship game. 55 and a half million views. Now, I will say this. I told Rob this earlier because we kind of talked about this on his program. I'm a little worn out by the super progressive guys that are going out of their way to shame you if you make a joke of any kind about Travis Kelsey or Taylor Swift. Like on this show, we make fun of everybody. We make fun of each other. It's what dudes do. But there's these super progressive wannabe hero guys, grown-ass men on social media rushing to defend the honor of Taylor Swift, (laughs) like fat Chris Christie did in that one debate with Nikki Haley when Vivek was picking on her. And I'll close with this. The one thing about the whole Taylor Swift story that drives me nuts is that it's taking away the fact that we should be focusing on how awful the Mahomes family is. Oh, Jackson Mahomes, his idiot brother who gets away with some serious charges. Patrick's brother? Yes, probably because of what his last name is. Patrick's wife, Brittany, she thinks she's a bigger star than Taylor for yeah. some reason. And look, I ain't too big of a fan of the old man. The old man, Pat Mahomes, isn't going to win Father of the Year awards anytime soon. And by the way, when I was a kid and he played on the Cubs, he sucked. <laughs> so... 
factor all of those things together. That's why I think I'm okay with Taylor. But don't forget about how awful the Mahomes family is. Nigel show. Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. He is an investigative reporter at the Daily Signal. He's also a host here at 93 WIBC, the Tony Kennett cast, 7 o'clock each evening right after our program. Tony Kennett, let's get right into it. All of a sudden, Joe Biden's a border hawk. He's talking the talk. He's doing chopper pressers. He says if only he had the power to do something about the border, uh, this world would be a better place. Tonus, where are you at? I'm just wondering who is explaining the three branches to Joe Biden. Is it like AOC? Because like since third grade, we have known Congress makes the laws. And then the president's office enforces the laws. And I don't know if you guys know this, but illegal immigration is illegal because there's this law that says um, it, immigrating illegally is, in fact, illegal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought order. that was the case. Yes. It kind Thank of you. sounded like a uh, Kamala Harris word salad right there. <laughs> you know, I, I know that's kind of crazy. Uh, and um, I know that, you know, he tweeted out she's historic. Um, because of South Carolina Democrats or whatever, which uh, if you guys can explain that one to me, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly here for it. But he is thinking so low in his chances to in 2024. He's like wedged between the progressives of open yeah. borders and the 90s labor Democrats. He has nowhere to go on immigration. And the only people who have somewhere to go are the uh, hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants per month that continue to pour in, not just from Latin America, but from China, from the Philippines, uh, from Australia, weirdly enough, from Turkey, all through the southern border. Somalia? Oh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, we save those for our representatives in Congress. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, but listen, we all know that all of a sudden, Joe Biden's 180 about the border is because the polling numbers show that even Democrat cities think this is a horrible, horrible situation, and Joe Biden's to blame for it here. So when he comes out and says, it's not my fault, I don't have the power, I don't have the authority, it's everybody else's fault— does anybody, even the gullible, low-hanging fruit, uh, I want everything for free, Democrat voter, do they buy that? Well, and that's actually the key point. So all of those people who want everything for free, Biden had no problem catering to them when he said he could snap his fingers and erase $1.7 trillion worth of student loan debt based on a post-war PTSD Iraqi bill from 2003. Yep. And the Supreme Court shot that down. But all of a sudden, when it comes to his actual legal authority as commander-in-chief, he suddenly needs Congress to what – underline the illegal part of the illegal immigration in the law. I don't even the things that he's asking in this proposal are like a cap of 5,000 illegal immigrants a year. That's a month. 500,000. Uh, oh, a month. It's so it changes every 15 <laughs> seconds. It's so silly. Well, I mean, he's talking about shut I'll shut down the border if I could tomorrow. I, I'm old enough to remember that when somebody was talking about shutting down the southern border, it was it was considered racist. Remember that? 
Oh, it's horrible. How could you want to fence out the pregnant women and the old <laughs> men hobbling around on canes? Right. Not, you know, the Azerbaijani terrorist that was released a couple of months ago that was seen sneaking in down on the southern border. Everybody at the border was Tiny Tim, apparently, when Donald <laughs> Trump was the president. <laughs> they all had, like, one leg. It was, like, the saddest story ever. It was like a... Uh, Oh, it was like an ASPCA commercial. It was terrible. And have you seen the story about how there there was a Somali terrorist that got caught at the southern border a year ago, but they let him go due to a clerical error, and he was just free to roam around the United States for the past year? He was ended up getting arrested a couple days ago in Minnesota, of all places. I mean, it's well, that is where a, a lot... I mean, again, yeah, so, they're always in the squad territory where they go to live, <laughs> but it, I'm just... I really do not have enough analogies and witty quips to come up with this situation that is killing Americans and putting tens of thousands of people at risk with all of the people that we don't catch. I mean, that was a guy that we caught yes. and then released. Think yeah. of all of the Iranian and other international terrorists that are slipping in because they're smarter than the average Somali terrorist. Chatting with Tony Kennett, his program comes up tonight. Right after our show at 7 o'clock here at 93 WIBC. So let's bring it back into your wheelhouse here, uh, education. I think I might be out on an island with my thoughts on phones in schools. I know a lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans, they think just keep your phones at home. Well, last night at my son's school, there was a little gunplay going on. There was a shooting that took place at Beach Grove High School in the parking lot last night. Now, nobody was injured. Thank God. Somebody arrested, right? Somebody was arrested, a 17-year-old. I'm somebody that feels like I want my kid to have his cell phone with him at school in case there's a situation where some drama goes down. Now, if he gets it out in class, smack him upside the head. But I think he should be able to have his phone with him for you know, emergency situations. Where are you at, Tony? So I, I'm, I understand absolutely where you're coming from. I, honestly, I believe that if kids are going to have a phone, first of all, I would prefer that it was some kind of a god-awful track phone, flip phone that runs on a hamster wheel and batteries like yeah. kids used to have before they had complete access to everything. But secondarily, I, honestly, I'm – I know there's a Senate bill in Indiana right now to ban cell phones during instructional time. Again, this comes down to who's going to enforce it issue. Cell phones are bad for learning, period. Um, Tech in general, screens are not good. They're not conducive for learning. They are absolutely killing everything from attention spans to short-term memory. I think that teachers should have students put their phones in like a cubbyhole kind of system at the beginning of class. You know, those old like mailroom slots. Like a Dave Chappelle concert, basically. That's just what I was thinking, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And then you get the safety. And the problem is the kids don't like this. But here's the catch. I don't care what kids like. Kids are stupid. <laughs> so have them put their phone in the slot at the beginning of class. They can get it at the end of class. Everyone goes home happy. If someone doesn't like it, they're probably 14, and I don't care. You know, and I'm thinking about this because if you're – son or daughter goes to a public school and let's say there's some violence going down let's say it's one of the inner city schools where the learning environment is very reminiscent to crazy joe clark's and lean on me the movie from the (laughs) 80s Uh, sometimes i don't know if you're going to have time to get your phone if 
there's a stabbing, if there's a fight, if some drama goes down, if, heaven forbid, there's a gunman in the hallway. These are the types of things that I worry about. Now, I agree with you. Having your phone out in class, it's a pain in the ass. It hampers learning. We're probably making the kids dumber. But do you really trust some of these teachers, some of the faculty members, uh, the security at the school, if you're trusting your kids to a public school? So my hot take for the year is is that uh, if you trust the school enough to send your kid there, but you don't trust the school enough that you're going to ask your kid to be Reporter Jones undercover during the day, your kid's not focused on learning. Um, that's an institutional fix. I'm sorry, but enlisting our kids in the fight in educational reform is not the move. They should be there learning. I, I And don't get me wrong, I like seeing some of the footage that comes out of these classrooms, but in a lot of education reform circles, it is necessary to remember the kid lost out on instructional time because they were filming that. And the, the answer to this, the solution is fire the bad teachers. Don't count on students to be undercover reporters. Well, it's sure, but I think there's a better to... chance of the student being an undercover reporter than some of these worthless teachers being shown the door. I, and I agree. That's one of the reasons why I say the bigger risk in this situation is that 99% of the time, based on the available public schools and the data that we've seen in the classrooms that I've observed, more likely they're going to be goofing off on their phone, even if they're a good kid, instead of only whipping it out when the teacher starts talking about whipping it out. So I, I, it's, it's kind of a difficult situation to dig through. But I, again, I'm, I'm looking at risk versus reward. And I'm just I'm really seeing the educational harm more than I'm seeing the benefits of very, very occasionally catching somebody. Let's bring it back to Joe Biden just real quick. Did you see that he is uh, finally making it out to East Palestine, Ohio, to commemorate the <laughs> one-year anniversary? I mean, our, our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, has been out there, obviously. He had a hard hat on, so you know yo, he meant oh, business. Oh, boy, he was wearing hard hats and penny loafers. <laughs> what do you think about that? You know, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of falling objects from the sky when you're investigating a train derailment. Um, <laughs> you, know, you really got to be careful. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what Joe is expecting going out there i mean really is he expecting people to cheer and going out at this point just increases the, the chance for booing i uh, realistically the best thing that biden can do right now is sit in the white house try his best to put focus on a strong presence in the middle east and pray for the best that is his best thing that he can do he can't do it and so he's going to go out and make a fool out of himself where he's not wanted where he was needed like you said a year ago and he's, he's, again, allowing, honestly, if he fired Pete Buttigieg, he'd have a pretty good chance in November, but he can't do that because Pete's gay. So he's stuck in this mire of mediocrity. Now, wait a minute. How could you want to fire Pete Buttigieg? He seems like he's popular in the base, and he just had a rebel-rousing speech where he's talking about equity in bridges. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. I, what? I, Racist bridges, Nige. Racist <laughs> bridges. So I, I can't <laughs> believe this situation is, is even something we have to talk about on the air. Uh, but Pete was asked about a lot of the bridge failures and infrastructure on federally funded highway projects and train projects around the country. Because Pete is like a walking warning for planes, trains, and automobiles all during this administration. It's fantastic. <laughs> and he's they're like, weren't you worried about the materials or the labor? And he says, I'm more worried about the equity of reconstructing bridges as though there's some bridge in Harlem that's been broken down for 150 years 
so that some suburban white bridge can be rebuilt eight times. (laughs) I don't think of I-95 as in Harlem or a suburb, but, you know, hey, Pete's got breastfeeding to do. You know, when I drive across that bridge, when I go to Cincinnati or I'm going to Louisville, I don't think, boy, I really hope whites and blacks built this bridge. I just hope it's built well so I don't crash into the river. Was this bridge named after a black woman? If not, why? Right. What do you got coming up on the show tonight? Uh, We're taking a look at maybe something a little off the beaten path. There is a game that has come out that has broken every single record out there, and it's because the company basically said, screw you to the industries wanting to make everything woke and uh, all of different kinds of nonsense. So we're going to take a look at a story about uh, something actually going right for a change and doing very well monetarily. Check out his work at The Daily Signal and check out the Tony Kennett cast coming up at 7 o'clock here at WIBC. Tony, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Listen to the Hammer and Nigel Show. So the Indianapolis Motor Speedway announced uh, the Snake Pit artists this year at the Indy 500. Doug Bowles and, and Penske just did an awesome job of bringing in a new crowd inside the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Indy 500. Right. This isn't so, the Carb Day this show. This is not the Carb Day show. These are the Snake Pit artists the day of the Indy 500 while the race is going on, right? Big techno rave that happens. Go ahead. You know, I can't pronounce any of these names. I don't. <laughs> Excision is the headliner. Um, is that who we were just listening to? Excision's the headliner, and his concerts, his shows, usually have a big visual presence, like lights and lasers. I don't know what he's going to do at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway if you're allowed to do that kind of stuff with you know race day, but that's a big-time get. Uh, Dom Dalla Griffin Sullivan King and Timmy Trumpet. So if you're into <laughs> techno, if you're into dubstep and techno and all that kind of stuff, that's your lineup. But you're so right. Like, brilliant marketing move because old dudes like us, we're going out there for beers. We yep. want to see the race. Like, I love the racing of the IndyCar series. But some folks, um, they want to go out there for just the party. And now you got a younger group that's out there, and that place is packed. It's a damn shame that uh, Shaq couldn't make it out there last year. Oh, that's right. Shaq was going to be one of the artists at the Snake Pit, but they had the NBA. Was it the NBA Finals? It was like a conference finals, and it went to game six or seven. Yeah, because I know my neighbors and their teenage boys, all everybody was going in our neighborhood. All the teenagers were for Shaq. Yeah, last year, but they still ended up having a good time. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter who you put out there. Now these are big time acts, but the way they've brought the young people into the motor speedway, kind of getting them that exposure to what it's like going out there. You know, maybe those are future race ticket, you know, race fans that just go for the racing like I do. Um, So yeah, that's awesome. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.